This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning. It's now 9.36am. You're with Melissa Idris, Julian Ng and Kusu Chuang. It's time for the SNM Show. <laughs> this week, we're going to be looking at Kun Yu Yin's latest blog post titled How Can Investors Make Money in 2016? Also, Benny Lee of Jupiter Securities, his outlook for the share market next year. So basically, Kun Yu Yin should give us a, all a lesson on how to title a podcast because anytime <laughs> anybody sees that headline, I would click on that. I would click on that. 100% you click on the link. <laughs> How to make more money in 2016, right? So basically, um, he basically has his um, his holdings are very public in in in, in terms of uh, his his. Maybe that there. helps. Yeah, yeah, you know, for himself at least. But, um, you know, he's made a big song and dance about how he's very public about his, his stock picks and, you know, you come you come along for the ride as at your own risk and your own peril. But, you know, his his earlier stock picks in terms of VS, Latitude, Lehan, Focus, Lumber, Jishan, they've all kind of made money over the last 12 months. So, you know, investors who bought into his picks in the early part of 2015 would have profited. So he puts three more out there. Um, it's basically Can One. Chinwell and Tongguan. So Kenwan basically is the um, largest tin cans and jerry cans maker. He doesn't say in which country or it doesn't... What are jerry cans? Uh, I, th- I think, you know, the <laughs> stuff you put petrol in Yeah, the stuff. petrol ah, okay. cans, yeah. yeah. Not, yeah, not yeah. cans that uh, people named Jerry c- <laughs> no, carry around. No, sure, Jules, sure. Uh, that, one, that one, Tom, Tom. Okay. <laughs> so this company started about 40 years ago. Um, he has 32.9% of Kenju shares at 165, which he bought in 2012. And I think that Kenju is actually the parents of Ken Wan. Um, so basically, you know, this is one of those typical stories. Um, it, it's got a foothold. It's got significant market share worldwide. It's got export earnings. It's got dollar earnings. Um, the last three quarter earnings per share ended September 2015 was 39 cents. And he reckons full year EPS will be up 55 cents because some of its products are sold in US dollars. Closing price was 450 and will announce the full year results before the end of February 2016. So that, I mean, the last few days, we've seen Kenwan really go up. And I don't know whether it's a Kun Yuyin effect or whether it's really the fact that investors are chasing more dollar and the, export the, earnings. Yeah, the, the play on export is still going on. Very much alive. Um, and if you sell anything in US dollar or any other currency apart from ringgit, I think that would benefit you as well, even if you did sell in the euro or uh, the, the Aussie dollar or, or even perhaps the, uh, maybe, maybe not the Zimbabwean dollar or, or the rupiah, but anything, any other currency than ringgit would be doing well. Uh, but didn't they have uh, some lawsuits going on? Uh, the, yeah, there was, a fa- there was basically a shareholding tussle at family mm. level and, uh, you know, family members are squabbling, very much in the vein of uh, the Chen Yutong discussion we had earlier this morning. That's right. Uh, if you don't sort it out early, you know, you, get, you run into the risk of uh, getting the family squabbling among, among each other. That's right. Uh, they don't have a family office, I think, to hold into all this. And yeah. various shareholders are holding different bits of it. Uh, and therefore, if one shareholder wants to sell out, you know, there'll be some kind of squabble. So in true S&M fashion, I'm going to... Um, put this out there, right? Because Ibrahim and I and Melissa had a very vigorous discussion this morning about, um, in fact, Sharad Kutin, of all people, had a very... Dis- <laughs> well, he very has an, an interesting investment Correct. philosophy. <laughs> Correct. Well, yeah. And um, basically, why are people like Kun Yuyin and, you know, Tong Kuyong and all these people putting out their stock picks and their, dis- you know, investment picks and all that? Is, is this... Are they as genuine as, as, as 
perhaps the, the writers themselves want it to be. Yeah, so why would you declare to one yeah. and all that these are some of the stock market calls that, that he would make to make money in 2016? Well, yeah. if you wanted to be cynical about it, you want to say that these people are selling their own book, right? They Correct. say that in the industry, you're selling your own book so that uh, when all the other people uh, jump on a bandwagon then, uh, and buy up those stocks, your, your own portfolio would go up. But, you know, Kun Yuyin is a philanthropist and uh, he, he's very generous with his money. He doesn't need this kind of publicity. So I think perhaps it's just uh, for educational purposes or, uh, dare I say, helping people out. Does anyone think, does anyone agree with my theory that as you get older, you kind of get more spiritual? You kind of like find a religion, you kind of like want to start giving back. You start to, you know, uh, uh, assume uh, layers of philanthropy about you to the extent that you can and your limited resources. Did you get any of that? You all well, of course. I mean, you, you know, the closer you are to the grave, you to start the, thinking yeah. about the afterlife and what your legacy is going to yeah, be, right? Yeah. So, of course, I mean, that's, that's kind of natural human behavior or human nature. Um, but I don't know, can, can, we, can we put this under that same category? Not just of philanthropy, but of sharing knowledge, right? Sharing stock picks. You know, the sharing economy is something like a buzzword these days, right? Uh, young people like to share what they're doing. Uh, you have Wikipedia. You know, people spend countless hours updating stuff hmm. on Wikipedia so that people, other people can get knowledge out of them. And perhaps this is not a new idea. Somebody like Kun Yu Yin uh, in, in the you know, later years of his life uh, is uh, maybe just furthering that idea, which was started a long time ago, that we, we like to share. And I think investing in stocks is something that uh, uh, perhaps so controversial. Like A lot of people want to learn how to make money from stocks. Uh, this is one of the ways that uh, he can share that kind of knowledge. Do you remember not too long ago, we also spoke on the SNM show of uh, Kun Yuyin's tips to become a super investor. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of them we agreed with because a lot of it was kind of common sense, right? But difficult to implement, like learning when to let go and uh, and not getting fixated on your losses. I, th I think for me, the, the hardest thing was to be was to stay convicted when the chips are down. Because when you have chosen your stock, and you've chosen it based on whatever reasons you've chosen it on. Where, where, for example, whether it's going to make more money this year than last year and will continue to do so. But when the chips are down, whether you are still going to stay convicted or mm -hmm. to you know, take your losses off the table. That's right. Uh, for me, I'm an advocate of passive investing and I take that kind of decisions away from me so I don't have to make that kind of decisions. Right? I let the market make it for me. But uh, I mean, the other school of thought is, of course, uh, that of active investing and uh, people like Kun Yu Yin uh, would be one of those yeah. representative. And uh, if you wanted to go that kind of path than uh, the advice of Kun Yu Yin and what he, has, he does. And he has a historical track record to back that uh, perhaps this may be uh, advice to follow. This may be one of the ways to do it. Well, tip two, Chin Well. He chose this company because he's one of the largest makers of screws, nuts and bolts in the world. And I'm not talking about the morning run crew here, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Three quarters of their products are exported in foreign currencies. Uh, they bought out their Vietnamese partners and latest quarter EPS has jumped to 6.07 cents from the last two quarters. Um, when he made this call, it was at 192 per share. Right now, Chinwell, as I pull up the share price, is uh, somewhere no, somewhere over two bucks already. Okay, so uh, I mean, again, you know, uh, is this a case of um, uh, you know making things happen, or you know, is it really because investors are chasing a fundamental story? Well, there was another company as well. Uh, Tongguan was one of the companies that he named um, as one of his calls. Uh, quite an interesting one. What what is the share doing? Is that also moving today? Hang on, I found Chinwell. Uh, yeah, I love the name by the way, Chinwell. It's like Jimmy Hill, but a Chinese uh, version. Uh, 207, uh, down by 2 cents. And Tongguan actually has gone up uh, quite a lot. 318, up 5 cents. When he made the call on Tongguan, 
It was actually at um, he didn't say actually, but um, it was somewhere. Somewhere below that, I think. Yeah, well, Tongguan, the plastics manufacturer, they make uh, raffia strings, drinking straws, so kind of a proxy to That's fascinating because, you know, what what strikes me about this whole blog is that, you know, there's no mention of e-commerce, there's no mention of (laughs) apps, you know, there's no mention of ecosystem, right? These guys are making raffia strings, for God's sake. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Back to basics, I guess. Yeah, I mean, mean, these are real brick and mortar businesses uh, that actually support the economy. Not to be disparaging about Kunyo Yin, uh, but he is about the same age as Yoda, right? Because he's uh, <laughs> he's something like eighty-five years old, and uh, why is he is? Yeah, why is why he is? He is? Yeah, you know. <laughs> That's very good. Okay, well, um, more on Kunyo Yin's twenty sixteen stock picks in just a few minutes. Stay tuned. BFM eighty nine point nine. Good morning. It's now 9.46am. You're with Melissa, Chuang and Julian on the SNM show. <laughs> Today we're looking, looking at predictions um, and analysts' outlook for the 2016 uh, stock market performance. Uh, we talked a little bit about Kun Yu Yin's uh, blog, latest blog post, How to Make Money in 2016. Also on our radar, Benny Lee from Jupiter Securities and his outlook for next year. He's a regular guest on BFM as well. He is. Yeah, so, um, you know, basically what he's saying at a macro level, it kind of like coincides with what Kun is doing, is doing with specific stocks. And a uh, couple of the catalysts for him from the perspective of uh, stock pickers, he reckons plantations. And I, and I think Kun Yu doesn't, uh, doesn't invest in plantations uh, ever since he's um, failed, actually, because Kun is not, you know, he's not, he's not made of uh, uh, impregnable steel like uh, Superman is. He's made mistakes in the past. Well, he, actually, he says previously he refuses to buy GLC plantation, oil and gas banks, uh, contracting and real estate companies. But he bet big on Jaya Terasa a few years yeah. ago and he didn't make it there. So he's not made of steel like Superman. But according <laughs> to Benny Lee... <laughs> You've said that a few times already. Yeah, yeah. A.K. <laughs> Nathan is the other one. Um, but Jupiter's Benny Lee reckons that plantations may provide, provide a support for the, for the market this year because he reckons that palm oil prices uh, being low for the past two years and the trend is starting to change as the yearly average price is starting to increase. And additionally, intriguingly, the TPP and the Joint Council between Malaysia and Indonesia could provide the necessary support. You know, um, you know, comparing Benny Lee to Kun Yu Yin, of course, Benny Lee is from no, the sell side, sell, sell, sell yeah. side, right? And, He's supposed uh, to sell ideas. Yeah, and Kun Yu Yin is from the buy side. I'm not saying that there is any suspicion on Benny Lee. It's just that um, it's shorter term. It's a lot shorter term, and in the short term, things are a lot more risky. And I can't help but feel that the palm oil recommendation is also reminiscent of what people are saying about the oil sector in a sense that uh, some people are betting that oil prices will rebound. You know, this $20, $30 thing may not happen and the $40 thing may not last for long because you're taking so much supply out of the market and at the same time, demand is still uh, going on. And this morning, you guys discussed the love lock thing, right? About yeah. the end of the world yeah. because of environmental problems. Uh, environmental problems are only around because people are consuming too much fossil fuels, right? So this is... Uh, uh, kind of the same as the oil recommendation. Well, the centerpiece of the Barclays argument for in favour of oil prices snapping back in 2016 is the fact that as oil prices stay low, uh, more producers go out of business and as more producers go out of business, the supply uh, oversupply situation thins out yeah. and it's it going to come to a point. It finds its own equilibrium, right? Yeah, yeah. and yeah. influx uh, 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 and then start coming back up. And might I add, it's finding its own equilibrium without Correct. any government support fund. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's the market at work. No, <laughs> no, no long, value long value arm of the government, right? Okay, what what um, are some of um, the other points that Benny Lee makes? Uh, he he reckons that uh, some of the headwinds that we have to look for look out for is definitely the um, 
be foreign investments uh, dependent. So there won't be any... Um, I think he, he's saying that the market is expected to be volatile given uh, out, an outflow expected of foreign investments. Yeah, but then again, if the ringgit stays weak, uh, that might actually help foreign direct investment come because obviously it's going to be cheaper to invest in the country than if you're uh, very, very... Very, very long term, like some people I know, <laughs> Julian. Who's that? Who's that? <laughs> then, you know, hey, there's an argument there. Yeah. Um, so, FDI, I, I don't know. It's been very <laughs> disappointing. It's, very, it's been very disappointing for the past few years. Um, I, I'm not sure if the ringgit was too expensive at that point in time. And now that the ringgit is cheap, I don't know how much influence that has on FDI coming in, right? Because it depends on a whole lot of a other things. A whole bunch yeah. of reasons, yeah. yeah the politics, uh, the kind of uh, stability that they find in the country, um, whether it's great doing business in Malaysia. I mean, uh, with the Zimbabwean dollar so cheap, right? Again, I, I can't help but go <laughs> back to Zimbabwe, to Zimbabwe, right? <laughs> with a $100 trillion note, right? And recently, China just um, forgave that $40 million of debts uh, to Zimbabwe, which is nothing. Uh, and Zimbabwe is nothing now trading... Nothing for China. Uh, nothing for China. And Zimbabwe is now trading the yuan, right? So um, this, in spite of the fact that currency is so cheap, no investment is going into Zimbabwe. Why, right? Yeah. That, that's that's, that's the, the reason that's why... That's the trillion dollar question. Yeah, that's the reason why it's so cheap. <laughs> yeah. But I guess with, with you know, the low ringgit, there are always opportunities. Uh, Kun, Kun Yuyin is actually very heavily invested in, in companies that export a lot of their products overseas in US dollars. Um, Latitude Tree, I think Lee Han uh, is also yeah, on his radar. Guys. Yeah, furniture yeah. manufacturers, that's right. Great. Um, you know, speaking about the long term, I've just come across this blog on Facebook. It's, uh, it's called The Very Long Run, okay? Wow. Philosophical discussions about money and investment, Julian. And... Um, uh, the latest posting uh, is entitled Five Financial Ideas That Will Collapse the World If We Had to Depend Our Lives on Them. So Interesting. Very yeah, interesting. Very the first interesting. one is Forex Trading. Forex Trading. Well, the second one is Share Trading. And if um, you know, Malaysia Finance were listening, he would probably put, uh, you know, vomit his breakfast out. But, <laughs> so for long-term investors, you know, uh, philosophically very different from short-term traders. And I don't, I don't know because Kun, okay, and I've, read, I've done a bit of research on him. His viewpoint from a horizon perspective is one to two years, okay? Because Malaysia doesn't have the kind of track record and history of an American share market where you've got you know, companies like Gillette and, and Coca-Cola who have been in business 50, 100 years. So you don't have all that uh, legacy earnings to, to forecast on. So that's his horizon, one to two years. Actually, it's interesting because you can be short-term uh, and which forces you to be a trader, but you can also be a long-term and be a trader or not be a trader, right? So huh? uh, Warren Buffett is actually a long-term investor, but he's not a trader. He's, he's, he's an active investor, but he's actually not a trader. But he's not afraid of taking money off the Big table. Bets. Yeah. Big or, bets. Big bets or selling them correct. and admitting that he's, uh, he's wrong. Case in point, Tesco, right? Yeah. Yeah, and and by, by and large, uh, he is correct because he's so long-term and he makes big bets on uh, the so-called moat stocks, right? Mm -hmm. uh, stocks which have a moat surrounding them. But you could actually uh, be long-term like Kun Yu Yin, but trade in and out of stocks over a one- and, and two-year period. Keep putting yeah. some money in your pocket and, yeah. and, and you know, stay, stay liquid, essentially. I, I don't know. I don't know about um, whether it's a good thing to be long term in Malaysia because as we've seen over the last five ten years, uh, a lot of the returns have been wiped out by the fall yeah. of the ringgit. Right? We're talking about not a small fall in the ringgit. Yeah. Uh, all your gains of the previous years have been whacked. What forty fifty percent, yeah. excluding actual market falls, just on on the back of ringgit alone. You know. Um. You know Noel, right? Noel Lim. Oh, that know, woman. Yeah. Yeah. Employee she's, number one. She's employee number one. <laughs> She yeah, and she's made no secret of this. She she said that 
a lot, a large part of a university de- uh, education was funded by the share market, by her mum who made astute investments in the 70s and 80s. Um, you know, buying stuff like Syme Darby and, you know, uh, companies like Guthrie and stuff like that. I think today, in this day and age, with this kind of volatility and this kind of unknown uh, black swans out there... You could I do don't the same think, thing? I don't think you can do the, the same thing anymore. I, I would have to agree, yeah. yeah. I don't think um, we could there, there possibly is a make sense, the same thing. Yeah, there is a sense that uh, Malaysia was in a better place in the 60s was, and 70s, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, that's the time when the ringgit was 250 to the US dollars. Uh, I, I guess uh, Noel's mom, um, you know, had that stability to support her. Yeah. I remember that one time, Melissa, uh, I went to Singapore... And Singapore in the seventies, you know, the ringgit was at parity with the Sing dollar. They would take Malaysian yeah. ringgit. Wow, when it was that? interchangeable. Right? Long, I'm showing my age here, but seventies. <laughs> long time ago. You know, long, long time, time ago. Seventies, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So okay. they look at my dollar and my my ringgit, and they go, uh, "Can I use that in the latrine, please?" <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, any last words to wrap up the show? What to expect uh, in 2016 for investors, Chuang? Well, I don't know. Um, spot opportunities, you know, just go with the themes, right? You, you kind of know that the Federal Reserve is going to raise interest rates at least one or two times more. And that's going to send the dollar higher against the ringgit. So anything that makes money overseas, it's going to make money. Well, for me, is, uh, that 2016 is just another day for me. Um, it, it's, it's not going to have a change in investment strategy. You've got to be globally diversified, and that diversification would take care of exchange rate changes. Would you um, stay more long-term. liquid in 2016 going forward? Well, that is dependent on my financial objectives and not, not just something that uh, with a yes or no answer, right? Uh, if I need the money, then I would liquid up. Uh, if not, then stay invested. Right, okay. Well, you've been listening to The SNM Show with Julian Kusuchuang and I'm Melissa Idris. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.